0: Public service announcement to start today's pod off, Emil. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to sit back from the microphone because I'm going to yell it.
1: You don't, <laughs> you don't have to do that, you know.
0: Fill out your census form. <laughs> have you filled yours out? Yes, it's
1: Census I, Day. It is. It's Census Day. Yeah, Happy, mm, census, happy day. census Day. Happy
0: uh, Census Day. Yeah. I do wish we grew up at a time where you got your forms and you like filled it out. That's it was, what I did. It was a big deal. Did you not do that? You do it online?
1: Yeah, no, I didn't do mine online. I did. I got. I did it on my papers. Yeah, they sent them to my house and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. I love Census Day because a. It makes me feel like a good civic citizen, filling mm-hmm. out my my sheet mm-hmm. and telling someone about myself. In mm-hmm. B, it's like applying for a job that I know I'm going to get.
0: <laughs> what yourself
1: to be a citizen? Exactly, <laughs> I'm applying to be Emil Donovan, and I'm like I'm the man. I'm best. I'm the best man for this job. I know all the answers. Nobody else. is <laughs>
0: Well anyway, if you've not done your job application for this year census, make sure you do it by the end of the day. Anyway, kia ora, this is Newsable, I'm Imogen.
1: And I'm Emil, and this is what's worth talking about. Is it time to make early child care not just cheaper, but actually free? The costs and the benefits in just a moment.
0: Imagine having to go to the doctor to get your hands on a vape. Why? That could actually be a solution in search of a problem.
1: Unbelievably We're still talking about streakers in 2023. Why do people do this? Well, I don't know. But we'll tell you how it's becoming a health and safety issue and not just because it's hurting our eyeballs.
0: And would you pay someone to spice up your signature? The burgeoning industry of signature plastic surgery.
1: All that's coming up in just a moment here on Newsable.
0: Newsable
2: takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit support.
0: Childcare has officially entered the 2023 election arena with both major political parties now promising childcare price reduction policies. But it got us thinking why isn't childcare like public primary schools, public high schools, free. Parents across the country are paying upwards of 300 bucks a week in some cases for early childcare. So we've got Emma McLean on the line, an advocate for working parents, to talk about this more. Emma, welcome to the podcast.
2: Kia ora, thank you.
0: Uh, Emma, what are the barriers non-fully funded early childcare education presents?
2: Well, I think in, in my work, what I see is a system that doesn't value caregiving and makes it really hard for working parents to build their career and have a family. Um, And specifically for working mothers, um, there's this thing called the motherhood penalty, um, which um, the latest figures from the Federal Treasury in Australia say that in the first five years, of a child's life, um, a mother's salary will take a 55% penalty, um, doesn't really recover over 10 years, and the father's salary continues unimpacted, in some cases goes up.
0: So obviously some parents are choosing not to go back to work. Uh, are you, is that because the cost of childcare, in a roundabout way, it's then cheaper for them to stay home and not return to the workforce?
2: Look, I definitely see that and goodness, this is complicated, right? Because Mm. when we're returning to work, we're already vulnerable. And then if the finances are tight and we don't know how we're going to make it work, it's so easy to say, I won't go back to work. But in fact, you are just penalising your career when you do that. And um, the other thing I I would say to working parents out there, you know, don't look at the cost of childcare only on the mother's potential salary it needs to be looked at across both salaries
0: should early child care be fully funded here in new zealand
2: i think i think definitely it's a great it would take so much stress off my parents i actually had a client the other day who rang me up crying she had been offered a promotion but because the promotion took her up above a certain hourly rate she lost her working for families tax credit now That's not what we want. That's not the incentives we want. So I think if we can take pressure off our hard-working parents who are trying to build a career and have a family and still survive, then I think yes.
0: Thanks so much, Emma, Chief Executive of Works for Everyone. But how much would it cost? Staff political reporter Glenn McConnell's been looking to answer that very question and is here to korero. Glenn, how much would it cost to make early childhood care free?
3: Yeah, that, that's a good question. So it looks like it would be $1 billion a year to make it free for anyone uh, kind of above two years old. That's only 25 hours a week, though.
0: The government spends $2.3 billion already a year on early child care. What is that money Going towards it's quite
3: complicated uh, funding. So MSD will pay for many lower income families to be able to afford this. Uh, There's the twenty hours free. There's general subsidies for all centres, even um, you know you probably won't notice it, but most childcare is subsidised. You still have to pay hundreds anyway. And there is you know proposals now from national for IRD to give a tax rebate if you're paying to send your children to early childhood. Uh, education centres. That would be about $240 million a year, they estimate. Um, Labor's other proposal to increase the MSD grants is $190 million. Um So, you know, we're expecting, and I've heard from Carmel Cephaloni's office, that maybe they'll be looking into a few more um, early childhood programmes in this election year.
0: Thanks, Glenn McConnell, staff political reporter. Head to staff.co.nz to read Glenn's full piece on this topic. I promise you, it's a goodie.
1: Well, I have a disclosure to make before we get to this next story, which is that I am a vaper. I have vaped for a couple of years now. Vaping helped me to kick a 10-year cigarette habit. I am, in many ways, the exact kind of person that vaping's meant to help. The kind of person vaping's not meant to help, of course, is, for example, a teenager or anyone, really, who's never actually tried cigarettes before. And there are fears that vapes are too easy to get for people who've never smoked cigarettes before. So here's a question. How do you restrict this availability for people that vaping is not intended for? Well, the College of General Practitioners has a suggestion. It wants vapes and vape products to be made pharmacy only. Now, this doesn't go quite as far as Australia, where you have to have a prescription, but the thinking is pretty much by limiting retail outlets, you limit the potential for kids to get their hands on these products. So joining me now is Ben Yauden, who's director of the Anti Smoking Group ASH. Ben kia ora. kia ora. vapes going pharmacy only. On the surface of this, what do you make of this this call?
4: Uh, well, I, I think it's a it's a well intentioned proposal and. Um, but it's, it's not necessarily the most the most practical one for, for a number of reasons, really. I mean, firstly, uh, we've seen vaping has been incredibly disruptive to smoking in Aotearoa. Um, over the last couple of years, we've seen record declines in the numbers of smokers with a very strong correlation with vaping increasing. And so for those people who are making the switch, having a a source of nicotine that's much safer and relatively easy to get hold of is clearly making a difference to, to the smoking rates. The other part of this is that the model we have with specialist vape shops means they should be the specialists. They're the experts in the products. And by and large, they give people decent advice on how to get things to shift that responsibility to a pharmacist is asking quite a lot of somebody who doesn't necessarily understand the products and and how they work. And we see examples of this, um, such as a lot of confusion, even that comes out of the the vape regulator that we we currently have, um, shows that they don't necessarily have the best understanding of these products. So I think we do by and large have a good model with the, the specialist vape store model. And I think in terms of preventing young people from starting, it's much more about being much stronger enforcement about that age at which people can buy things. We don't necessarily need five vape stores in a a high street, so uh, there's relatively high access as well. And actually, from the data we gather about young vapers at ASH, social supply or getting it from older brothers and sisters or parents is a far bigger source of vapes than buying them from a shop. So there's a much bigger sort of social education issue around this there's a really interesting
1: tension here isn't there ben and that we actually if we're being honest here we kind of do want to encourage vaping but only among a very specific subset of people cigarette smokers and absolutely nobody beyond that it's an odd kind of tension there
4: yeah, that, that's right. Um, you know, vaping has worked well because it delivers nicotine in much the same way as a cigarette does very quickly and man- helps people manage withdrawal symptoms, as I'm sure you've you found yourself with, with your quitting. But it just doesn't come with the massive harms that smoking has. I mean, smoking will kill one in two, if not more users of of cigarettes and and vaping doesn't have have that so you know it really is an important part of the the harm reduction landscape for for smoking Um, and and we really want that to work but we have to balance that with young people not starting to vape there will always be people who want to try things there will always be young people who will try these things whatever we do Um, but being much stronger about how we're restricting access and enforcing those restrictions. Um, and also the work we do around discouraging this social supply of, of vapes, I think is, is something we're not doing well enough at, at the moment. And we need to avoid getting too distracted around models of restricting vapes to things like pharmacy, which actually make them harder to get for the people that, that we want to, to get them in the, in the first place.
1: Well, interesting stuff. It'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on, on where this story goes. Uh, ben Yada, Director of ASH, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. I don't want to be held to account well, no. on I, what? rising child no. abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime
4: statistics. No, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo you that got to Hang
0: into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. No, that, 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 what, I think that. It would be a resignation offence. If I didn't deliver tax
4: reduction. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there. That on. sits
0: with you perfectly fine. That's what,
1: we're, that's what we're focused on.
0: Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. What does Mama Donovan think of vaping <laughs> then?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we've had conversations about this. Mm. Uh, I think she regards it as the lesser of two evils. Then again, as an ex-smoker herself, uh, I hope she doesn't mind me saying that. Uh, I think that she understands the position that people are in in that situation. Anyway, if you vape, however regularly or irregularly, would you still do so if you had to get a prescription from a GP? Do you think there could be a way around this? Uh flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz Oh, you can see it in your mind's eye, can't you, Imogen?
0: What are you talking about?
1: You're um maybe you're at the cricket. You got your sunnies on, you got your Urban IPA in your hand. Delicious. Yeah, maybe you've just had a Fritz's wiener. Yum. Deli- also delicious. You're watching some cricket. You're great. in your happy place. Yeah, and uh, and then out of the corner of your eye, yes, you see it. What's it? You see this great, fleshy, hairy mess of a drunk man hurdling the advertising boards, sidestepping the security guard, building up a head of steam, galloping across the field like a A gazelle, very large gazelle, prancing across the Serengeti Plains. He's
0: just given that a great description. However, didn't uh, two security guards get seriously injured by streakers recently? I don't know if we should be (laughs) (laughs) describing them so lovelily. That's
1: right, yeah. As my poetry career began and ended. Um, (laughs) uh, That's actually what we're going to be talking about here, because uh, while streaking has a certain... Romantic history to it. It is actually a crime, and uh, these injuries, Emma was referring to the have uh, actually prompted the Sky Stadium chief executive, Shank Harmon, um, to call for this crime to be more severely punished. So, what is all of this? Is, is it an overreaction, or does Harmon have a point here? Uh, we're going to chat now to the rugby writer Jamie Wall about all this. Kilda, Jamie.
5: Kia ora to see both. Thanks for having me on.
1: It's great to have you, uh, Jamie. Nothing wrong with a bit of streaking, is there?
5: Well, there is and there isn't. I mean, I think, firstly, we should talk nomenclature here. I mean, I haven't actually seen what you call a streaker yeah. in years. All these people these days seem to be wearing their clothes. So I'd Quarren. label them as pitch invaders. Pitch invaders, which yes. Is, <laughs> which is far more, far more likely for, for people like Shane, who's a very good man, I know, uh, to, to make an argument that they should be dealt with harshly because it's one thing to entertain the crowd. It's another thing to just disrupt the game. And I think that there's a line there, and there were so many of them on on that game on Friday. I think there's about half a dozen.
1: Jamie, are you suggesting that nudity should be a mitigating factor in invading a pitch?
5: Yes, absolutely, because it shows that <laughs> a bit of effort's gone into it. You know, it's like you've actually thought it through. You haven't just jumped the fence. Like getting nude means you've you've had to think about it. You've had to put your clothes somewhere. You've had to think about what you're <laughs> going to do afterwards. So. That, I feel like that effort should be rewarded a little bit.
0: <laughs> Did you see the security guard get smashed into it, the Warriors game? It looked pretty
5: brutal. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I think, in all seriousness, I think that that probably shows that it could be getting dealt with in a better way. Um, I've seen uh, a lot of American sports where they've had pitch invasions, invasions where they're obviously very um, mindful of potential litigation coming their way. So they're actually a lot more um, uh, gentle with um, the, the pitch invaders, which is ironic considering it's America. Um, and I think that a lot of the security guards that we have in this country do get their blood up and try and put on a big hit. I feel like it's a shame that people got hurt. Um, but at the same time, that they probably should bear a little bit of responsibility for that.
0: There's also been suggestion that the media is part of the problem and egging the behaviour on. Would you agree, or do you think if you're going to strike, you're going to strike?
5: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it, it's funny because the the broadcasts themselves always cut away from the, the streaker mm. and make no no mention of it at all. But of course, in the day in the the days we live in now, where it's all over social media within like five seconds. Of course, it's going to be a story. So, yeah, I think that the media does probably deserve a bit of uh, at least taking it a bit more seriously, you know, Mm -hmm. because if we are going to change attitudes around it, um, it would need you can't be giving people just, um, especially young people who are probably still juiced the next day, uh, like a a reason to be like a hero amongst your friends.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Jamie Wall, for your time.
5: Thank you very much.
1: We um we were playing signatures today, weren't we? I we were, can't
0: even remember how it came up.
1: Yeah, is it because it was it was launch day yesterday, and we were we were practicing <laughs> for the throngs of rabid fans that, that we were, were expecting. The building. I was expecting them to be waiting outside when we went out for lunch. Oh, did
0: you not see them? Oh, they must have seen they, me. They, they only wanted yours.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? I joke. I jest.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyway. What, were we talking about? Signatures, that's mm. right, yeah. And um we, it was quite a brutal assessment of one another's signatures all in all, well, wasn't
0: it? Well, and I don't understand this, everyone has an issue with my signature.
1: It's it's minimalist.
0: It's fine, is it, what it is. Okay. But everyone has, an, has a reckon on my <laughs> signature, and it blows my mind. I don't get why it's Wait, a do thing. Do you
1: not, though? Do you not? Because I get why everyone has a reckon on your signature.
0: If we're going to signature saying it's a, shame, I'm not saying it's a bad
1: If we're signature just, shaming, your signature is
0: a signature. My signature is
1: great. It's like, blah, 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 and then it's got a big flourish at the end. It
0: looks a bit like a Richter scale. <laughs> 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 I have since discovered something since our signature chat, hmm. and that is there's a signature creating industry. They call themselves the signature doctors. You can pay people to make you a new signature.
1: Like a cooler signature, or a... any
0: anything you want, you can request any style. I'm talking these signature docs promise they can do elegant, subtle, dramatic, artistic, condensed. <clears> basically, <throat> whatever you wish your signature looked like, <laughs> these signature doctors will create it for you. It'll be digital, but they also make stencils and they give you practice paper. Some of them, so it's like learning the alphabet.
1: So it's like signature cosmetic surgery,
0: signature plastic surgery. Yes, you can hack or you can pay someone to fix your signature. Like I said. I'm not doing it. I'm fine with mine. Anyway, have you got a weird signature? Tell us about it. Tell us how people react to it. Tell us what it looks like. Tell us what they say it looks like. We'd love to hear your
1: yarns. And send us your signature if you like as well. We promise not to forge anything with it. And on (laughs) that note, that is Newsable for today. I'm Emile Donovan.
0: And I'm Imogen Wells. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favourite podcast player and also follow us on social media to stay up to date on new episodes and behind-the-scenes Content. You can find us on Insta, TikTok and YouTube by searching Newsable NZ.
1: Or you can just hit us up directly. If you've got something to say, you can email us at newsable@stuff.co.nz. stuff.co.nz. Thanks for listening.
0: Have a good one. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support.